Hi everyone, this is KK Downing and you're listening to Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. So crank it up as loud as you can. In a world entrenched in darkness, desperately seeking hope and security, a coalition of nations invoke a highly classified program commissioned by their ancestors generations ago for such a time when all else has failed. They called for but one man to light the flame, to carry the torch, which is really a guitar, ready to blast the battle cry. Behold, the time has come for Rock and Roll. Thank you, K.K. Downing of Judas Priest. You will hear more from him this week when we talk about the subliminal message trial the priest went through back in 1990. Who can forget that? Two young men tragically die committing suicide, and they, the family blamed Judas Priest and what were alleged to be hidden messages in the song Better By You, Better Than Me, which is, was actually a cover song that Priest did. And they talk all about this uh, at length at the time and uh, even throughout the years. But as we're looking at uh, our series of uh, alleged secret messages in songs, and we talked about Stairway to Heaven, of course, we're talking about the Beatles today, but we will talk with K.K. Downing. We actually just did an interview with him and you will hear his thoughts on the trial that they went through Rob Halford on the stand, even singing parts of that song, even details I did not know about. And I followed that closely, um, you know, as I read about it over the years, I should say, really followed that. So it's interesting uh, to hear some of the things that K.K. Downing says about that whole experience. So we will talk about how Judas Priest was impacted by the allegations of hidden messages and in music. And we will continue on with the Beatles on this segment here in the infamous Paul is Dead urban legend, which, of course, was ridiculous and has a Michigan connection. Somebody I know even knew the DJ who got all of that started way back in the 60s. So um, we will talk about that. But first, some news that I'm just putting together myself, and this one really hit me, I have to say. Dave Mustaine of Megadeth says he was diagnosed with throat cancer. This is brand new information that just came out today. He put this on Twitter and uh, linked to a statement on the Megadeth website. Um, it's, you know, any kind of cancer diagnosis really shakes you up. It shakes me up a bit because uh, I have a family history of when well, my father passed away of a, a different kind of cancer, you know, and so anytime I hear it, it just, um, you know, it, it, it really, it, it does a number, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, Dave Mustaine put this statement on Twitter uh, saying uh, that um, it's something that throat cancer is obviously something to be respected and fought head on, faced head on. I'm paraphrasing uh, his statement here, um, but he says that he's faced obstacles before. Doctors have a treatment plan, and he says that they believe it's 90% uh, in terms of the success rate. The treatment is already ongoing, Dave Mustaine says, and he has, says that they will cancel most of their shows this year. 
the Mega Cruise 2019 Mega Cruise will happen. He says the band will be involved in some way, so we don't know exactly what that means or how, whether different band members will make appearances or whether they will play with other bands or something like that, or they will be there maybe for meet and greets. Uh, sometimes that happens on these cruises that bands do. Really, Kiss, is, they're the only ones, I think, who have done something like this before. There might be some other bands too, but, um, you know, the band members will make appearances and do things and sometimes do something as a band entirely, usually something entirely as a band, but other times it's just, um, you know, a meet and greet and different events. And, and that's probably what Dave Mustaine may be talking about here. I imagine all of that's being sorted out, but that's not in any way the major concern. The major concern is his health and, and his well-being, obviously. Um, he says that, um, they are still in the studio. The band is still in the studio and he can't wait for, uh, all of us to hear the follow-up from the 2016 album. Um, uh, David Ellison, the bassist tweeted out, uh, praying for my friend Dave Mustaine for a full and speedy recovery. Um, yeah, this is, uh, it, this one really hits you. Um, I, I had an honor of meeting Dave Mustaine uh, a few years ago. It was, it was actually on the tour for the last record. And um, it was a, an amazing thing how a little bit of interaction on social media um, ended up, uh, I would say, you know, for the forming of a, of a, a, of a friendship in some way, you know. Uh, I've interacted with him over time, over the last uh, few years. And, uh, you know, he... In, was just amazing enough to invite me out to a show in Camden, New Jersey. And so we went out, um, actually I went out over, over there and I was going to go with a friend, but they unfortunately could not make it. So I went over there and, um, you know, found that he left some tickets and, and passes and, and, uh, you know, got to meet him and hang out with him, uh, have a beer, you know, one of the Megadeth beers, you know, uh, have a beer with him and, um, watch as he was signing some uh, autographs uh, for posters that he was putting out that they were going to submit to fans and, or give to fans and and watch the show from uh, alongside the stage really right where the uh, audio um, person was um, I mean to see him he was like literally several feet in front of me uh, Dave Mustaine and the whole band it was one of the most amazing experiences I've never seen a concert up close like that before and um Dave Mustaine is one of the nicest guys in music, nicest guys ever, you know. Um, he's been through a lot in his life, and he's been open about a lot of that stuff, you know. Um, things that most bands have gone through in terms of uh, life on the road and uh, relationships with people and, um, you know, things of that sort. Um, his uh, struggles with substances, and he's, he's been open about all of that, and um, is, you know, someone who has, uh, such a great appreciation for fans. You know, I'm always amazed. You, you always hope when you meet somebody that you really like as a musician, you, you always hope that they're cool. You know, there's, there's nothing worse than you meet your favorite artist or favorite performer and they turn out to not be a very nice person. And I will say that I, 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 thankfully I have not really had that experience. I know some people who have, but Dave Mustaine could not be anything further from that. He is 
one of the nicest, most down-to-earth, regular, everyday guys. You know, never mind he's a rock star. Never mind he's toured the world. Never mind, you know, he has a million followers on Twitter. Never mind he's very, very successful and, and has achieved what countless bands have only dreamed of and still dream of. You know, never mind he laid the foundation for one of the the biggest bands in the world and and then when he left you know so much uncertainty during his firing from Megadeth and he, from Metallica and then comes in with Megadeth and and changes the world again you know and and becomes the central figure of the band and and uh, you know puts you know of the big four I mean he was in he's had affiliations with two of the big four I mean look it's, I don't know, for me as somebody who loves the early stuff of Metallica and Megadeth, I, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did early in the founding of Metallica, but also what, how he helped metal music be thrust towards the front of the, the attention span of the American people in the 80s, you know, and then things really hit full steam in the late 80s, in, in the early 90s. I mean, there's no question about the impact, you know, that he's had on music. Uh, one of the most respected rhythm guitarists and lead guitarists, um, but one of the most skillful masters of the rhythm guitar and singing at the same time. Um, and, uh, you know... Um, The F word comes to mind when talking about cancer. You know, I, I, I'm used to not cursing on on recordings and broadcasts by training, but you know, you you just want to say you know F word and cancer, you know, because it's uh, you know it, it's something that um, I I believe that we have every fiber in our beings as human beings to eventually eradicate cancer you know I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime or um, whenever it's going to happen but I, I know it's going to happen um, and uh, you know I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it you know not trying to get you know too heavy on this but there's few things are heavier than cancer you know so the heaviness is pretty much there itself uh, so yeah I um, like many fans just took to Twitter and, and uh, you know wish Dave Mustaine a, a, a speedy recovery um, you know but this is a process you know and this is something that is mental it's physical I mean I, 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 I've you know thankfully never experienced it directly myself hope I never do hope no one does you know um, but I, I know what it was like when I saw my dad go through it and um, different kind of cancer but uh, there's there's no question that um, it's mental it's physical um, I'm sure that for depending on the spirituality of a person there's a spiritual aspect of it too and everybody wages that battle differently you know um, but Dave Mustaine is, is somebody uh, fortunate to have millions of people around the world rooting on, rooting him on, and 
you know, I said, and just as a fan, you know, as a humble fan and someone who was honored to meet him, uh, you know, I said, cancer has, throat cancer has no idea who it's messing with. And, and I believe that. I really do. Um, so that's uh, where we are there. Um, I don't know. I, you know. Anytime you hear these, anytime anyone's diagnosed with, with the big C word, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a gut punch, you know, um, especially if it's someone you know or have met. And even more so if it's a family member, of course, there's, you know, that goes without saying, but you, you just, you're, there's always concern and fear and all kinds of emotions. Um, uh, I think Electra, his daughter, uh, put a, a very nice tribute, uh, to her father online as well. Um, uh, saying words to the effect of, um, there isn't, you know, a finer person that she would do anything for. I'm paraphrasing again. I, I have to. I read a quick quote of that, but that's out there as well. Um, you know, we will uh, we'll link to that on our on our Facebook pages and uh, Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin, and uh, also our Twitter page at Dave Kinchin USA as well. So anyway, um, thoughts are going out to Dave Mustaine and his family. Um, you know, he's going to whip this thing. Uh, and uh, we fans will be rooting him on the whole way. So uh, Godspeed, Mr. Dave Mustaine, and uh, fighting that good fight, and uh, us as fans fighting it right there with him. And we are back in the bustling downtown Philadelphia studios here for the program. I consider myself to be a student of music. I don't, you know, the Beatles were never my big band, you know. It was more the Stones. I was more of a Stones guy, you know. I, and and more of a, a Paul McCartney solo fan. The funny thing, though, is when I was a kid, I remember um, this song, Got My Mind Set on You, um, or that was the, the chorus, at least, George Harrison. You know, it was one of the first videos I saw on MTV. Maybe the, not the first, one of the the several down-the-line videos I saw on MTV, but I was a kid, you know, and, um, oh gosh, it was probably six, was I six years old? I feel like that was the late 80s, but anyway, I remember that song, and I said, oh, it's kind of a cool video. Uh, you know what, I take that back, I think it was earlier than that, it was earlier than that. Anyway, uh, I remember the video for the song George Harrison's sitting there. There's two versions of that video. George Harrison is um, in the one I'm thinking of sitting in like a den, like a hunter's den, and you know he's playing the guitar. I got my mind set on you, set on you. <laughs> yes, that's right. I did a horrible Beatles cover. So, but please don't stop listening now. I shall try to redeem myself. I promise. And anyhow, I you know it was a cool video because you had like the the um, what was it like? There, there's the deer on the wall. I think right the mounted head of the deer on the wall, rocking back and forth. And there is, I think there's fish in the video, rocking back and forth. Maybe not fish, but some sort of. Well, you get the idea, you know, this is all, and, and there's like the campfire or the, the fireplace going and, and all of that. Um, so that was like my first introduction to the Beatles before I even knew he was a Beatle, a former Beatle, you know. And then the Traveling Wilburys kind of came in there too. So I, I backed into the Beatles at a very, I, I fell into rock and roll at a very, uh, you know, random sort of age and, and random exposure. You know, I just drifted over towards MTV uh, and and just drifted towards the rock stations on the radio. Not sure how it happened. It just did, you know. My dad liked a little bit of rock and roll. My mom, eh, not so much. I don't think. 
but anyway, that's how I got into the Beatles, and 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 of course, you know, I remember in the '90s there was there was uh, uh, some there was a release, there was a big release of Beatles music uh, to obviously a retrospective, of course. So I got into it a little bit more, but I was still more of a Stones guy, and I came across actually recently this last month this. Um, uh, urban legend, uh, this myth of Paul McCartney being dead, this whole thing that, that was actually dominated media in the, in the 60s, you know, and uh, it all turns out there's a Michigan connection, a former DJ um, who was actually, and I found out he was a, a Ruskib, his name, he passed away last month, uh, but he was actually a teacher in a buddy of mine's uh, school. <laughs> You know, it's just such a small world. It just shows how small the world really is. So anyway, it, it, this all kind of focuses on Russ Gibb, who was a guy who really got this whole thing going. And, of course, he died. Uh, it was reported on May 1st that he had passed away. Uh, Russ Gibb was the man behind this, this whole rumor. And uh, uh, it all dates back to 1969. He was a radio personality. This, this article um, is in... Uh, the ultimate classic rock publication, but there's there's some stuff I looked at from the Detroit Free Press announcing his passing, uh, Russ Gibbs passing, um, and it's it of course just all kinds of bits and pieces we looked at. We've got a little bit of audio too, so this all dates back to, and this is probably one of the earliest cases of alleged hidden messages in music to claim something. In this case, claiming that Paul McCartney is dead, um, which again is is ludicrous but anyway uh but so this all goes back to a time where uh back in 69 um gib who was a radio personality uh part-time radio jock in dearborn michigan where ford motor company is um he took a call from a, a person calling into his station claiming that uh, paul mccartney had died and the the story was that he had um, left uh the studio after some kind of a huff with uh, the band and got into a horrible accident and was decapitated. And um, this caller says that Paul McCartney had been replaced by a lookalike. And this caller says, you know, we have, you know, for proof, um, play Revolution 9 backwards. And um, there's this phrase that you hear, turn me on dead man, turn me on dead man several times. And... Um, it's repeated over and over. And so there were Beatles fans who believed it to be a sign that McCartney actually, th that that was about Paul McCartney, that he died. And we have some of that audio. Listen to this. So it just went nuts from there. There's a quote here in the Ultimate Classic Rock report where they quote, uh, Gibb is quoted as saying, it just exploded. The phones were ringing off the hook. People were calling with their own clues. It was nonstop. Gibb embraced the rumor discussing others supposed clues with listeners on the air. It really was a phenomenon. The quote continues for a while. It seemed like it really might be true. Now they have some audio of, of what appears to be uh, Russ Gibbs show from that time from 1969 when this is all happening and he's talking about this on the air so I was listening to it and it's interestingly it's eerie of course but it's it, it's 
fascinating to me because he goes through some other things and he talks about some other clues, potential clues that could possibly, maybe at the time in the context, make this true. So the UCR publication linked to this audio and uh, we will, um, out of just uh, a sort of interesting discussion, I think you have to you have to hear the audio to talk about this. This is a, you know, we know this isn't true, of course, but this is something that is so widely discussed still. And I think more recently because of Mr. Gibbs passing, but you have to hear it to, you just have to hear it. And then some little clues in Abbey Road. They're walking out of a cemetery. <clears throat> You'll notice in many of the last albums, uh, Paul McCartney has been barefoot. Uh, many symbols of death, the hands over the head. Uh, in many of the Magical Mystery Tour shots, with the hand in the position, the mystical position of death. Uh, <clears throat> as we started to investigate these little clues, it became apparent that uh, something interesting was going down. Now, we may be making a classical mistake in the sense that we're taking a, uh, an idea and working backwards, you know. We're, we're, we're taking, it's been said that you can take any idea and if you get somebody to believe the basic idea, then you can prove it with everything else. For instance, uh, we had made the assumption that he's dead. Now we're looking for evidence that he's dead. Well, the mind can certainly play tricks on itself, especially when people, again, make a statement and then introduce other ideas here and there. And when you're talking about the biggest band in the world and then diehard fans, some people will believe that stuff. So that audio, again, uh, posted on YouTube and then linked by Ultimate Classic Rock. So we just pretty much uh, played a little bit of it from there. Now, there's an even more compelling piece talking about all of this in Time Magazine, an archived piece here, separating fact from fiction, Paul is dead. It reads, Paul McCartney never wrote Maybe I'm Amazed. He never formed the band Wings. He never clashed with Yoko, became a vegetarian, or fathered any of his children. When Queen Elizabeth knighted him in 1997, she was actually knighting someone else. This is because conspiracy-minded Beatlemaniacs say Paul McCartney secretly died in 1966. Theorists claim the other Beatles covered up his death, hiring someone who looked like him, sang like him, and had the same jovial personality. But the guilt eventually got to them, and they began hiding clues in their music. In the song Taxman, this is stuff I did not know, so this is news to me. In the song Taxman, George Harrison gave his, quote, advice for those who die, meaning Paul. The entire Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album was awash with Paul is Dead clues. The Beatles formed a new band featuring a fictional member named Billy Shears, supposedly the name of Paul's replacement. The album contained John Lennon's A Day in the Life, which had the lyrics, he blew his mind out in a car, and the recorded phrase, Paul is dead, miss him, miss him, which becomes evident only when the song is played backward. Lennon also mumbled, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. In interviews, the article says Lennon said the phrase was actually cranberry sauce and denied the existence of any backward messages. Paul is dead believers think 
The Beatles accompanied these backward tape loops and veiled references to death with album covers that illustrated the loss of their friend. The original cover of 1966's Yesterday and Today album featured the Beatles posed amid raw meat and dismembered doll parts, symbolizing McCartney's gruesome accident. Remember, the story is that he died in a car crash and was decapitated. Again, that's the, uh, the story that in, in folklore or the story that's out there in, in urban legend. The fans placed a mirror in front of the Sgt. Pepper's album cover. The words Lonely Hearts on the drum logo could be read as 111X He Die 111 or the number one, the word one, the number one, X, he died, the number one, the word one, and one. And of course, there's the Abbey Road cover on which John George Ringo forewent all pretense and pretended to cross the street as a funeral procession. John wore all white like a clergyman. Ringo, the mourner, dressed in black. George donned jeans like a gravedigger. Paul wore no shoes. He did didn't need them because he was dead and walked out of step with the others. If Paul is dead, then his imposter is still at large. He met and married Linda Eastman, with whom he had four children before losing her to breast cancer in 1998. He released a live album in 1993 called Paul is Live, likely story, in parentheses, the article says, and produced more than 20 solo albums, and that's not even counting the ones released by Wings. Then he endured a horrible divorce from Heather Mills, which may have made him wish he were dead, or at least were still Billy Shears. So who is the real McCartney? The world may never know. Our final installment of our series talking about alleged hidden messages in music claiming very dark and awful things will continue with Judas Priest and our brand new interview with K.K. Downing. You will hear that tomorrow. And K.K. talks about that trial. And when they when he first got word that there was this awful situation, in his words, across the pond in the United States, two young men who shot themselves, one who died right away, the other who lived in tremendous pain before dying a few years later after a night of drinking and uh, alleged drug use and so on and so forth, listening to their Better By You, Better Than Me song, which was actually a cover, and how it had subliminal messages like do it in there, as in do it, commit suicide. Well, K.K. Downing will talk about that, the emotional toll it took on the band, where they were in their career around the Painkiller album, and really getting ready to put that out there and and ride high on, on that great record. And then this happens. And so he talks about all of this, which happened over the period of, of uh, some time, really. It wasn't just one fixed period of time. It happened over um, uh, lot, the, the deaths happened in, well, the first death happened in uh, the mid-'80s, and this did not go to trial until 1990. So, you know, this whole thing was out there for a long time and and the band dealt with it for a long time really before the cameras even showed up in the and uh the band you know had to go to court and rob halford even took the, the stand so kk downing talks about all of that and you will hear that interview uh tomorrow and again just want to give our best wishes out there to dave mustaine fighting an incredible fight with throat cancer he says he was diagnosed with that. This is shocking the rock and roll world. We will talk more about that as, as uh, 
well wishes pour in from many of Dave Mustaine's peers also. So that and more on Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin when we are back next time.